The final four is set, but the teams are pretty unusual this year. Lane Kiffin received backlash for taking a long time when deciding if he wanted to take the Auburn job or not. Both Charlotte teams are making some positive news. Is there a clear-cut choice for the first overall pick? Tom Brady bought some of the Las Vegas Aces and is now an owner there, and things aren't looking good for Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. It's March. It's an exciting time. We've got all this and more on this Tuesday episode of Jake's Take. Let's go. What is going on, everyone? Thank you so much for tuning in to Jake's Take. As always, I'm your host, Jacob Silverman, at Jake's Take Podcast, at Jake's Take 14. Joining me, as always, is my co-host, Christy. Hi. And you can find Christy on Instagram and TikTok at ChristyMarie underscore double zero. And as always, this is sponsored by Variety Sports Network at Variety underscore sport underscore. You're home for all sports in different forms and varieties. Well, first and foremost, the final four is set, but it was a bunch of teams no one really expected. Yeah, and I have to say, it's kind of like my first time actually paying attention and watching March Madness, thanks to you. But even I can tell, like, it was just super odd and unpredicted. It was. And I mean, you know, with it this year, you had all these upsets, you know, Purdue's losing, Alabama lost. And then you also had, you know, Kansas losing, Arizona losing. So all of it was just a giant surprise. And for the most part, you know, everyone is kind of just shocked and not really sure what to think because – you know, at first you root for, you know, one or two teams to upset a big, well-known school. And then other times it's just more that you're expecting one team to make it. All three of these teams that made it, no one expected. Right. And like you said, you kind of every time you always have like that Cinderella story, but it's not even that. Like, there wasn't a team from their beginning that was, like, super small where you were like, oh, this is going to be the one. Like, these teams came out of nowhere. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, we've got San Diego State, mm-hmm. Florida Atlantic, UConn, and Miami in the Final Four. Yeah. Now, UConn maybe is the least surprising just because they have been there before. I think, actually, it was, like, five times since 1999 or something. So, maybe they're somewhat expected but if i mean just look at florida atlantic i think i saw it was like on new york times or something that they play in a gym on a campus that's actually an owl sanctuary oh my gosh i didn't actually know that (laughs) they're not a basketball school they're an owl school no but fun fact wayne kiffin did used to coach at fau he did this is true so, you know, we can always find a way to bring that up. But yes. still, I mean, I agree with you there. You know, we had these three teams that were very surprising. And I know like it's very bumming because that Alabama didn't make it. Mm-hmm. Um, after some time of reflecting, I'm okay with it. But I also think that with this, a lot of my friends and fellow Alabama basketball fans are kind of annoyed because this was a very talented Alabama team. Yeah, and I think it was a very winnable game. It just felt like they weren't trying. Now, of course, you can say that sitting from the couch, you're not on the court. But I don't know. It's almost like they gave it away. They kind of did. I feel like something happened. And hopefully, you know, they figure it out for next year. Right now, their main focus is going to be bringing in transfers or preparing Mm -hmm. to lose certain players, especially with, you know, Brandon Miller expected to be – one of the top picks, or if Noah Clowney's going to leave, and then you've got you know some 
players who might decide to come back. So it's a lot up in the air, but also, you know, this team is going to lose two coaches and Mm -hmm. now NATO's is just going to try and figure out what he can do and what direction he needs to go in. Yeah. Maybe he can get some, I guess, advice from Saban on that. I mean, Saban's used to that people coming in and learning from him and then leaving and doing their own bigger and better things. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and those two are buds now. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, what what rumor about them hating right. each other? Right. Uh, so definitely something weird. But I mean, yeah, you know, this is just a really weird March madness. I mean, you know, I being completely honest, I was not paying as much attention to the Elite Eight because I didn't recognize most of these teams. Right. And that's kind of the thing. Like, once you don't have a team you relate to or you're connected to, I don't know, you just you don't have as much invested in it. Yeah, I guess that's true. But enough about that. Moving on to our next point in regards to Lane Kiffin and this very interesting story that came out on Friday about him getting backlash from fans. Yeah, and I think it's kind of unwarranted. You can probably explain the situation, but I feel like not that it's old news, but I I don't understand why they're getting upset now. So basically with this, Lane Kiffin was the first basically interest in regards to the Auburn head coaching job. Uh-huh. You know, after they fired Brian Harson, they were going to go after him. He uh-huh. kept really quiet about it and he was juggling the decision. And ultimately he decided to stay at Ole Miss. He told his team that and he made sure that it wasn't public until he was ready for it to be public. During that time, and apparently he took at least maybe a month or a few weeks, a lot of fans are mad at him because they wish that he could make his decision a lot sooner. This isn't a decision that you can make overnight. It's not something where he's going to say, oh, well, I decided that I don't want to be here anymore. I'm going to Auburn. He has kids. Right. And he kind of said it himself, like, he did tell the team and his players before a game because obviously it was on their minds, all the rumors and speculation. So he did tell them, which I think is commendable, so they didn't have to worry. They did still lose that game. I forget who they played. but They played Mississippi State. Was it Mississippi State? So I don't know. And I feel like how long ago did Auburn hire Hugh Freeze? Like – Obviously, they, he didn't take the job. So well, yeah, they hired him back in like December. But it's also remember we were talking about them trying to get Cadillac for a while. I'm pretty sure it was yeah. December when they decided. Yeah, I just think it's odd for them to start stirring this up again and create more drama that I don't know doesn't need to be there. I guess I feel like you would want to start this new season, especially spring practices are starting. You would want to go in with a new mindset and fresh look on it. Well, think about it. You know, they people in the media, people love to stir up yeah. this kind of stuff with Lane because, you know, Lane's past has followed him, but he's mm-hmm. done a really great job to focus on his image and, yeah. you know, everything he learned at Alabama has helped him grown to the mm-hmm. coach he is now but they're still going to bring up the fact that oh by the way you were fired yeah. at usc at the airport or you left tennessee after one year 
Right. And you're right. I think in the past, like Lane has been really reactive to stories like this. So maybe they're just trying to get him to bite and cause, you know, a Twitter thing. But I think he's handling it really well. No, but I also know that Lane is your favorite Twitter personality. <laughs> he is. <laughs> I also think that right now he's shown a lot of maturity, too. And I know that, you know, he, he has worked hard. And obviously, you know, a big part of this is from his time in Alabama. Mm-hmm. But he showed maturity. He also didn't want to pull a Tommy Tuberville. <laughs> right. Who isn't even, I think he's like a senator now, right? He is like, a senator. I don't know football. how it happened. I don't and know. I know that you and I are probably two of the least political people <laughs> out there to be giving advice about <laughs> this stuff but i don't know how someone who never had a political background and focused on football was elected (laughs) he doesn't even live in the state of alabama no but i don't know being a head football coach like in the south that almost is like being the mayor yeah that is true i mean nick saban has received votes right that's what i'm saying it's kind of scary yeah, people hold you to a high standard in the South if you coach football. Basically, the story behind Tommy Tuberville is that he had made this comment that the only way he would leave Ole Miss was if he was carried out in a crate or something or if he was carried out. And then right after he made that statement, he left for Auburn. So, you know, right now, I think with this, you know, Lane did not want to do something like that. And Ole Miss fans are still mad about that, even though that was close to 30 years ago. Right. Yeah. I say move on. And I mean, you know, he wants to build up Ole Miss. And Mm -hmm. also, more importantly, Christy wants him to be the successor at Alabama. He will be. It's just a matter of time. I I mean, I literally put it on here right under this point. It said Christy also wants him to save his time until Alabama calls. I think we both know that me and Lane, I think he's waiting. I could see that too. So I think with this, you know, we're proud of how he's handling stuff. But also, I mean, just give the guy a break. I mean, he's such a genuine good guy and he's shown a lot of growth, but they're still trying to itch for that, you know, um, story. I mean, story, he has a dog. Interview the dog. (laughs) Yeah, who also has his own Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, interview Juice. I'm sure he would love that. I'm sure he would be excited for all the attention. Yeah. Uh, but next up, we have a focus on the city of Charlotte. But actually, this time, they have positive news. It's really weird. Oh, I didn't see this story. So right now, with the Charlotte Hornets, in their last 10 games, they have a 5-5 five and five record, which is 500. But they have two convincing wins over the Dallas Mavericks, to knock them out of the top 10 in the NBA standings. And after the All-Star break, they have the best defensive rating by a team. So pretty right, much right now, they've been doing pretty decent with the you know games, even though they're eliminated from the playoffs. Now, also, they did lose to the Pelicans, which I you know, love to see because I love the Pels. But... With this, I mean, you know, maybe their culture is shifting in Mm -hmm. the Charlotte Hornets, but it's not just them because the Panthers are also making news. Yeah, I think there's a lot of good talk coming out of Charlotte. So I think with this right now, you know, the Panthers got DJ Chark. Mm -hmm. um, And he was a really great receiver at LSU. He was a great receiver for the Jags. 
did some stuff with the Lions. Mm-hmm. And now they're putting together a pretty good offense on paper to the point yeah. where it could be said they're only one quarterback away. Right. And I think that's what we've kind of been saying this whole like postseason that I guess it's almost preseason now, but that they need to focus on their offense and get some weapons for whoever they're going to put at the starting quarterback. And I, you and I both really hope that's not Anthony Richardson. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I think that talk has kind of fizzled out. I haven't heard him going first much as we did like a month ago. Absolutely. And obviously we'll focus that more on our next point, but right now, you know, they are expected to make a big jump and, and you know, the NFC South, and I'm going to say it as a fan of the Saints, we are not a good division. No, and it's been that way for a couple years now. They've really struggled besides the Bucks, but of course you had Brady there. I think it was just also to that, you know, with Drew Brees mm-hmm. and Matt Ryan, there was basically a time where you had three really great quarterbacks in Drew Brees, Matt Ryan, and I guess if you could call Cam a good quarterback. Mm-hmm. And only one of those teams would have a winning season. And it was usually the Saints or you would take turns. You never had a consistent leader right. like the AFC East had the Patriots for basically 20 years. Yeah, and it was always like a make it to the first round of playoffs and be done kind of thing. Yeah, pretty much. Or if you're with the Saints, and I hate to bring this up, all of New Orleans faithful, you'd make it to the divisional yeah. round or the championship and something would happen. Right. Um, but I mean, with this too, you know, they also had some good signings. You know, they brought in Von Bell, Shai Tuttle, Deshaun Williams. They're expected to make a big jump, but mm-hmm. it also comes down to that quarterback and boom, we're into that next point. So we know who we have going first overall. You know, you and I have an idea of who it's going to be and we want it to be Bryce. But I also think that with this, you know, it could really be anyone's choice. Right. Yeah. Like you said, I don't know. Of course, I'm going to go with Bryce. I would love to see him go first just to prove all the naysayers wrong, especially with his size. So I think with this, really, you know, it's interesting because the Panthers met with Will Levis, CJ Stroud, and Bryce Young all within a few Mm -hmm. days of one another. And then also the Seahawks met with. Yeah. Bryce Young, and you had sent me a picture that the, <laughs> that Pete Carroll and Nick Saban took a picture together. I know, and I could tell it was in Nick Saban's office. I've seen that office before, and I don't know. I found that really interesting. Now, I hate to tell Nick Saban this, but I don't think <laughs> Pete Carroll can play college football anymore, so I don't think <laughs> recruiting him to be no. our, you know – next defensive back or wide receiver it's going to work no that's why i think the only reason he could have been there was to talk to him about bryce and i know like nick saban doesn't really have a say in where bryce goes i mean he's not at alabama anymore but i still feel like he could have been talking to him to learn more about bryce i mean i think that's part of it too but the seahawks don't pick until i think number six or number five right So unless, and I know they did talk to Bryce. So if they tell him like, hey, deny anybody into, I don't know. Can you do that? Can you say no to teams? (laughs) Um, Eli Manning did. 
That's what I'm saying. So maybe there's some kind of deal we don't know about. I don't know. I mean, but it's also that they just paid Geno Smith. Yeah, this is true. It was an interesting conversation for sure. Whatever went down there. Well, I mean, you know, think so here's what I'm thinking about. In 2018, the Arizona Cardinals drafted Josh Rosen. I was a big mm-hmm. Josh Rosen fan when I was in college. I, you know, loved what this guy could do. He basically had the worst rookie season since Peyton Manning, and everyone said that he should be benched. Yeah. The next year, the Arizona Cardinals had the first overall pick, and they hired Cliff Kingsbury, and he drafted mm-hmm. Kyler Murray. Ultimately, ending anything happening with Josh Rosen. Josh Rosen went on to bounce around the league. Kyler is Kyler, pretty much. (laughs) And I feel like if this were the case, you have your starting quarterback who already has Mm -hmm. chemistry with two of your best offensive weapons in DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. And then you're going to draft Bryce. That's going to piss off the whole team. Yeah, that's true. I didn't think about that. It definitely would shake up that locker room culture for sure. And the thing about this too is that when you are a quarterback, especially as a rookie, you have to win Mm -hmm. over that locker room. You know, Mac had to do it. Tua had to do it. Mm -hmm. Justin Herbert had to do it. So did Joe Burrow. And Bryce is a terrific leader, but Gino's also been there for like three or four years. Right, which would make that tough, which – on the other point, makes going to the Panthers look good for Bryce because I think the players that they have and the players that they've already received would be accepting of him and let him kind of try out that leadership role there. Which I have to agree with. But, I mean, bringing that back to that, do we think that the Panthers are a quarterback away from the postseason? I think so for sure. Like we've said earlier, they've they're building their offense. They've already built it pretty strong. Um, their defense wasn't that terrible. I don't remember if they've lost a bunch of their defense, but I think they've got a strong team. I don't think they have lost a lot of their defense. They've kept a lot of their pieces. Like Brian mm-hmm. Burns is still there. Jeremy Chin. Um, I think so is JC Horn who's coming back. Um, from an injury so you know you have a lot of these players back which is nice Mm -hmm. Um, so I could see it happening Um, but it also comes down to which quarterback can handle the bright lights and no offense Will Levis but it's not you no and I don't know much about CJ in terms of how he does I mean we saw him in big games but if you look at Bryce, and I know I'm, you're going to say I'm biased, like I'm a Bama fan, but he has the Heisman. He's been to two national championships. Those are the biggest stages he could achieve so far, and he did it, and he held himself very well. Right. Where with CJ, you know, he can handle the bright lights, but also mm-hmm. the competition in the Big Ten is a lot different than in the SEC. Right. And you can find yes. us on that. <laughs> no, that's a fact. <laughs> So I think with this, you know, either of those two would be great. And then also, Mm -hmm. you know, I just got an alert on my phone that with the Texans, D'Amico just said, I think Bryce will be successful and doesn't see his size as an issue. So, Mm. you know, if they ever say anything about, oh, well, you know, coaches are going to say this about their size, D'Amico obviously was very forward about that. Right. 
Good. I'm glad there's other coaches speaking up. I am too. Moving on to our next point. Tom Brady bought a team. We just cannot stop talking about this man. So, I mean, with this, you know, he bought a WNBA team in Las Vegas. He's now a minority owner, and Mm -hmm. he's the owner with Mark Davis. It's pretty common for athletes to actually go out and go into ownership. You know, Michael Jordan owns Mm -hmm. the Charlotte Hornets. Dwayne Wade owns part of the Utah Jazz. Pretty sure Giannis just bought Mm -hmm. stake in probably Nashville FC. So it's very common for this to happen, but this is pretty random for Tom Brady. Yeah, and you wonder, I know there was a story that just came out from his ex-wife Giselle about how they just had different visions for their future, and you wonder if this was something that she was kind of alluding to. I'm not sure why she'd be against that. Maybe she truly wanted him to just be done and be home with the kids. And obviously this is going to tie him up even more, but I think it's good, especially for the women's NBA. I think putting his name on a team is hopefully going to revenue, uh, generate some new revenue and interest for them. I mean, I think it will, especially with how great college basketball for women, mm-hmm. right, women's college basketball has been recently. I mean, you know, right. it's been really intense this year. So I feel like with this, if Tom Brady gets a choice to draft someone from the NCAA, you know, he might make a great choice there. So, I mean, I think with this, you know, this is a team that has made the playoffs the last four years. They just won the championship and he loves winners. I mean, he's mm-hmm. won basically everywhere he's gone. Yeah, I was when I was researching this story, I was trying to find how much money he actually invested and I couldn't find a price. But even just being a minority owner, I feel like he probably still had to put up a good amount of money. Oh, he definitely did. I mean, he had to buy part of it from Mark Davis and Mark Davis right. owns, is, you know, has a lot of money. Also, you know, who knows? Maybe now he'll end up going to Las Vegas Raiders games. And then Jimmy right. Garoppolo can be mad because he's the same. I just can't go anywhere. Yeah. He's still there. <laughs> that is true. I mean, also, you know, he and Josh McDaniels are really great friends. And so I could see that happening. But also, yeah. you know, some people are probably saying, does this mean that Tom Ray's going to be back? No, he signed the papers. <laughs> and I can also see him, like, living in that area. I know we're used to him living in florida before that new england like i feel like he fits a lot better in this area well it's also that he's from california so i think with because his family's still out in california that makes things so much easier too yeah so i think with this you know we'll see what kind of owner he's going to be bit of a shock but i mean i think at the end of the day you know he probably just started realizing that he wanted to do more stuff after retirement and he wanted to see if he could be a owner and right now he is so we'll see how that goes you know hopefully he does some nice stuff but moving on to our final point Lamar Jackson and everything that's going on here so first and foremost Lamar tweeted earlier today and at the time of this recording it's Monday this is going to go live on Tuesday Lamar had tweeted that in early March, he had requested a trade. Yeah. And I'm that's not... just kind of surprising to me. Right. 
I, I'm maybe I'm shocked that it happened in early March and we're just hearing about it. And I'm sure there were like legal things they had to do before they could put it out. But obviously there was a lot of tension between Lamar and the manager and the coach. Like you could just feel it. You could really cut it with a knife pretty much. So basically with this, John Harbaugh, who's a terrific coach, you know, he is a terrific coach. He has won a Super Bowl. He has basically said that everything was fine. In this case, everything was not fine because with this, you know, they could not have figured out anything else. So basically last season, a source told Adam Schefter and Chris Mortensen that Lamar Jackson turned down an offer from Baltimore that included $133 million guaranteed, $175 million guaranteed for injury, and $200 million in total guarantees if he's on the roster on the fifth day of the 2026 league year. He was going to get paid, but I think he also just saw Deshaun, Kyler, and Russell get that money and wanted more. Yeah, and is he worth that much? I don't know. I feel like. Well, okay. <laughs> you just said no. I don't know. I feel like he had, if he could have proved himself, maybe, but he's very injury prone, obviously, and he was still going to get paid with that little injury tag in there. But I don't think he's as good as he thinks he is. There's the thing about Lamar Jackson talented athlete, great quarterback. They did not surround him with the receivers. Here's the right. thing about when you are dealing with a quarterback whether they are in their third year, whether they're in their 12th year, if you don't have that supporting cast for them, it's going to make their lives harder. With New England, when they had Gronk, when they had Edelman, when they had Wes Welker, when they had Danny Amendola, they were at their best in that offense. When Gronk retired... I was going to say... Brady took a pay cut to bring in all those people. I don't think Lamar was willing to do that. I think that's very true. But when Gronk retired, Edelman got hurt, it wasn't Mm -hmm. the same. So with this, with the Ravens bringing in Nelson Aguilar and old Deshaun Jackson, Sammy Watkins, and basically your only reliable target is Mark Andrews. Yeah you're going to make him pretty upset. Yeah, and I get that. I don't know. I just feel like he was pretty selfish, though. I could see that, too. I mean, you know, let's even just take a deep dive at his stats and just see how Mm -hmm. he had done. Okay, so this is his stats for the 2022 season. In 12 games, he had 17 touchdowns. He rushed for three year before 16 touchdowns 2020 26 touchdowns 2019 when he won mvp 36 touchdowns there's a trend where each year his touchdowns decrease and so do the number of games that he played in because Mm -hmm. he's only played a full season once and that was in 2018 yeah, so I think it would be justified him asking for what he's asking for, maybe after his MVP year, but not now. No, I mean, his numbers have been down a lot. I mean, in tw- the other thing, too, is that in 20, 
19, the NFL is so far behind in college. You know, the NFL did not do RPOs. They did not do, you know, dual threat quarterbacks. And then when Lamar came in, everyone got wow, got excited. Oh, my gosh. You know, someone can do both. And then the next year, they figured it out. Mm -hmm. So they made Lamar one-dimensional. Right. And after that, he struggled. It's not anything about having receivers. It's nothing about, you know, the offense because it was a pretty good offense. But he struggled. And then he also was hurt. Mm-hmm. So I think with this, you know, it, it, it's hard because the Ravens are a great team. And, you know, Ozzie Newsome, Alabama great, ran their organization for so many years. And, you know, this is not his fault. This is not Eric DaCosta's fault. But, you know, the, you hear horror stories about how you give money to an athlete and it doesn't work out. What if the Ravens were doing this? To protect themselves. Yeah, and that's kind of exactly where I was going to go. I think they saw opposite of seeing the potential. They saw the catastrophe that it could be. I mean, I think with this, it could be a catastrophe. But right now, you know, they also have a backup who went to a Pro Bowl, but that's more of an asterisk. Yeah. <laughs> um, but moving on to Christy's great... <laughs> part because she is part psychic potential places he could go all right i have three scenarios and all right drop them two of them might blow your mind okay first one like most logical maybe the commanders i feel like they probably have not gone on a crazy spending spree yet they have money they need quarterback so i think that's like the most logical second one is that rapper meek mill texted Robert Kraft and said Lamar wants to come to the Patriots. So take that. Absolutely not. Whatever grain of salt you want. (laughs) And then my third one is kind of the craziest. So he'll go to Green Bay. Rodgers goes to the Panthers. And then the Jets are just left out to dry. Whoa. Where did this one come from? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Okay. So I think with this one, um, I like the one for the commanders. However, yeah. the commander's culture is so toxic. Oh, yeah. That it makes whatever the city of Charlotte's doing look like a utopia. This is true. My dad always um, says they need to burn that stadium down and start over. Oh, yes. I remember you telling me that. I feel like yeah. we should all agree with them. and Maybe they should. Yeah. Um, with the Patriots, I'm biased towards Mac. I know you are yeah. too. Um, so I don't know how to feel about that. It's also that Bill Belichick hates change. Yeah. You know, think about how they did. Robert Kraft loves Mac. So I don't know. That's very true too. I mean, you know, I think that this, it could be really anything. Um, Green Bay, that's a very big surprise, but then why would the Jets have signed all those pieces if Aaron Rodgers isn't going to go? Well, this was before Lamar made his decision. Also true. I think with this, I feel like it's anyone's game, but is there a possibility that he stays with the Ravens? Mm, that one was not on my list. Um. Well, he's franchise tagged. So yes. There's an opportunity where 
he might stay, but we don't really know what he's looking towards right now. Mm-hmm. So really with this, do you think that if he goes to the Panthers because he Oh, I don't know about that. You know, I think right now, then what if the Panthers gave up the first overall pick to the Ravens? Wow. So there are a lot of moving pieces or watches, you know, be some random team (laughs) that none of us expected, like the Detroit Lions. Right. Something that really wouldn't affect anything else. Yeah. Or I, I think one, Tennessee Titans. Oh, yeah. Imagine Derrick Henry and Lamar. (laughs) Oh, wait a minute. No, because here's the thing with the Titans. They don't have a lot of exciting players or pieces. And I don't think they'd be willing to trade Derrick Henry to get Lamar. No. Um, But there are a few teams out there. Someone jokingly said that the Kansas City Chiefs should trade for him and run it to quarterback. Oh, I did do that. Yeah. That is not going to work. Um, I know Patrick Mahomes would love that. I would love the idea of a double pass every possession, but that would also probably drive Andy Reid so crazy. Or actually, yeah. he would love it. Either one. But overall thoughts, you know, we will be back with our ideas of what happens with the Lamar Jackson situation and what we think may happen moving forward. But that is going to do on this Tuesday episode of Jake's Take. As always, thank you so much for all the love and support. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at Jake's Take Podcast, or my personal Instagram and Twitter, at Jake's 14 That's linked by Jake. You can find Christy on Instagram and TikTok, at Christy Marie underscore double zero. As always, this is sponsored by Variety Sports Network, at Variety underscore sport underscore. We will be back on Friday with more news and more focus on, of course, March Madness, the NFL, and what was going on with the NBA because the standings are getting very interesting. You can find this podcast on Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Amazon Music, We're basically on all podcast platforms. And as always, as always, thank you so much for helping us grow. We really could not have done it without y'all. And of course, be kind to others, bring smiles into the world. Be the best version of you you can be. Continue to be a light in this world. And as always, you will see and hear from you all later. Take care. Bye.